Hey, congratulations. You're muted because you had to take a phone call right before we started the show. Hi, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Big Dudes in the Trenches. We're off to a great start. This is a fantastic podcast already. Don't wow, what a great podcast. Else. So this shit's going to get wild. I do want to start us off by saying it is almost Thanksgiving as we are live. Thanksgiving is tomorrow as this drops. Thanksgiving may very well be today as you're listening to this, uh, which is why we're doing it on Wednesday night instead of Thursday. So if you're not live with us, uh, it might be that we didn't advertise very well that we were going Wednesday instead of Thursday, but we did a little bit. So follow us on X or watch us live so, so you can stay up to date with that stuff i for one am not apologizing for not advertising well it's uh you know watch the show listen to the podcast and you yeah know that's this right your fault yeah you're, it's your fault for not listening to us often enough to know when to listen to us again in the future that's exactly right <laughs> yeah exactly absolutely <laughs> uh but it is thanksgiving which means biden parted pardoned two turkeys uh, I guess that tradition goes back to John F. Kennedy, which today Bucky's tweeted that this is the anniversary of JFK's assassination by his own CIA. So Bucky's is on board. <laughs> w. Bucky's. I'll also throw out there that uh, one of those turkeys, I pardoned a turkey myself because we're having a shit ton of lasagna for Thanksgiving. We're not having no damn turkey. Well, I'm covering that for you because I'm going to three different Thanksgiving dinners and they're all going to have turkey. They're all going to have turkey. <laughs> well, well, Biden, we tried. We were yep. on a united front for something and it, it didn't it didn't go didn't go the way we wanted it to. It's all right. <laughs> Maybe next year. Jeez. Uh, so I guess you could almost say it's like a rivalry between me and turkeys. And I'm winning. And turkeys sure aren't. That is very factual. Turkeys have never beaten me. You got to be careful, though. You don't want all that tryptophan to get to you, and then all of a sudden you can't watch football because you're tired. And, of course, while the NFL dominates Thursday, there is one rivalry game in particular of rivalry week that I think is probably the best one to kick off rivalry week. We'll get there, and we'll start talking about well, it here in a minute. It's something. <laughs> it's something <laughs> but first we got to talk about the rules if you've been with us you should know everything by now but we do have a couple notes to point out that are a little bit different this week first of all yeah. of course we're picking every rivalry of course we're picking every ranked matchup well guess what all the ranked matchups are rivalries or yep. it's the fcs playoffs so we'll get there we'll close out the show talking about that the one big change is we're only going to pick two additional games from this week because if we picked three apiece, we'd probably we'd pick almost every game that's happening this week. <laughs> just about. We'd be getting close. And there are no additional FCS games this week, just the playoffs. We're picking every playoff game. So it kind of takes away from the FBS versus FBS, one FCS versus FCS kind of a thing. We just dropped the FCS versus FCS rule. We're picking two additional bonus games apiece now. This week, it's the last week of regular season. Pick them. So. <laughs> and I want to throw an update out there real quick. We did have a good game go to a poll on X. And Prairie, Prairie View A&M versus Jackson State was determined by our fans and voters on X to be a good game. 
So Doug, you can you can change that nine and zero to a plus. I'm literally doing it right now, but it's not going to show up while you have the slides shared. Yeah, I'm taking that. I'm taking that plus ten now. There you go. Very nice. Very nice. I approve this message. <laughs> <laughs> Always gracious in victory. I love it. Thank you to everyone who voted in the poll on X. It really helps us out quite a bit when we get into a pickle, like I seem to put us in now every time that I pick a marginally decent game. <laughs> this one was a lot closer than last week, though. And yeah. I, I'll I'll say for the record, I didn't think we needed to go to a, a vote last week. But, you know, you 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 it weren't a, 100% sold on it. And I was like, well, okay, whatever. We can, we can do it. It was a two-score game last week. And usually that's been like one of the things. It's like if if there's a late score to make it a two-score game, yeah. But like this was a two-score game for most of the fourth quarter. It was still entertaining last week. But then Prairie View A&M, Alabama State was like, I thought it was great. And, I mean, Tug was doubtful. So, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, enough of, enough of this. This is the most. You still definitely don't have the lead. So yeah, I don't. It's fine. (laughs) This is the most important week in college football. This is our favorite week of college football by far. Second, I think, uh, is bowl season. Bowl season is probably in second place. I would say. Yeah, but bowl season is more than just one week. So that's true. Weeks, but we've also spent all year talking about every single rivalry possible at the Division One level. So this is this is the culmination of it. Of course, we're going to pick a bunch of the, we're going to pick all the bowl games. I shouldn't say a bunch of them. We're going to pick a bunch more games. It's all the bowl mm-hmm. games. Uh, but rivalry week's really what we've been looking forward to all year. So we don't even have a ranked versus ranked section anymore. This is they're all rivalries. All they're only like two ranked versus ranked matchups this weekend, and they're both massive rivalries. So this it's rivalry week. We're getting right into it. And Thursday, as you said, is the kickoff to this wonderful wacky experience known as the Egg Bowl. <laughs> Every year, the Egg Bowl delivers something insane. Yes. yes, it does. And I hope it happens again. But with Mississippi State already letting their head coach go and Ole Miss looking to salvage a double-digit win season out of a couple of disappointing performances down the stretch, I'm picking the Rebels here. I know you have a strong aversion to that anyway, but I also kind of understand taking Mississippi State just because it is the Egg Bowl. It is the Egg Bowl, and if anything crazy is going to happen, it's going to be in this game. And let's face it, the Egg Bowl at home is a huge thing uh, in this rivalry. I don't make any decisions for the school in Starkville. If I did, though, they'd be coming out with the pirate flag helmets because since they've worn oh, yeah. them once, they're an official logo. It's, you can wear that whenever you want now. <laughs> and uh, if there's a, if there's a time to do it, it's it's this game. I agree, but it won't happen because I know because I don't make the decisions. Yeah, I don't make the decisions at Mississippi <laughs> State. I fully anticipate some powder blue helmets from Ole Miss to try and make it a big game feel, which. Also, kind of goes in my favor. They tend to fucking lose every time they do that because I don't okay. know why. It's not fair, though, because it's like the same logic as the Penn State whiteout. They bust them out four huge games that they're already not, you know, they're already the underdog in. 
So they bust those out for like Alabama games. When it's when it's just LSU the or something. No, 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 no. They busted out the powder blue homos to try and make games against Memphis feel special, and they inevitably just ended up dropping them. And Memphis, well, Memphis is better than Ole Miss most of the time. So yeah, <laughs> I mean, they shouldn't be though. Miss supposed to be the little brother, right? Yeah, but Ole Miss occasionally just really sucks. Occasionally, so. <laughs> all the time. <laughs> but yes, this will be the Thursday game. I will not watch the Thursday night uh, NFL game. I. I have other opinions on it. I, I don't even know who's playing it. I think the Packers, Vikings are playing in this one. I maybe. Don't care. Yeah. I <laughs> if I'm watching NFL football on Thursday, it is the Lions and the Cowboys, and the third game just might as well not exist. I That's think it ought to be the Lions against the Cowboys every Thanksgiving and just don't do anything else. That'd be nice too. Leave us alone. Because they're also encroaching on Friday now, thanks to Amazon. Fucking Sons sucks. Of bitches. Uh, but what we're going to be doing on Friday, there are five huge rivalry games and some pretty big deciders in things here. There, yeah, I I think you and I took four rival like our four games between us are all on Friday as well. Am I or we took three Friday games between the three of us? I can't remember. Like we, Friday is packed with football, so if you don't feel like going yeah. Black Friday shopping, which why would you at this point? You can get all the deals <laughs> on Amazon or you know, pretty much any online shopping, they all started on Friday anyway. So don't get stabbed for a for a flat screen. Come watch some football. Oh yeah. I agree again. You're on it today. It's very nice. <laughs> uh but starting us off here on Friday. Who Iowa has already won the Big Ten West. It is decided. But if they win against Nebraska here in the battle for the Heroes Trophy, that would mean Nebraska does not make a bowl game in Matt Rule's first year. I would bet the Cornhuskers are going to come out swinging at home, but we are all siding with that Hawkeyes defense. Yeah, because it's a rock fight otherwise. We're certainly not fighting siding with the Hawkeyes offense. This <laughs> is now the lowest over-under ever. Oh um, god! Last but, week was also the lowest over under ever. <laughs> didn't it? Didn't it hit two weeks ago when it was the lowest at the time? Yes, yes. So now the over under is twenty six and a half right now, <laughs> which is a a whole point lower than the previous lowest ever total. And uh, I don't know where I would bet on that. I I feel like them. That's time to bet the over. I, I'm not in a state where it's legal, but if I was, I would 100% put a dollar or two on the under for this one just for It'd just be for the so moves. great if it just ended up 1410. <laughs> <laughs> that feels like this kind of a game, too. This yeah. is definitely a 1410 game. And we're picking Iowa to score two touchdowns there. I, I guess we're picking the defense to score two touchdowns. So. <laughs> the Ferris meter. The Ferentz meter is going to break forever. <laughs> Next up here, Missouri at Arkansas, the battle line rivalry. Number nine, Missouri has looked really great some weeks, and then some weeks has just decided not to play football. Unfortunately, Arkansas has refused to play football most of the year, so <laughs> have a couple of us going with the Tigers here. Uh, I know you're contractually obligated to pick the Razorbacks. I am contractually obligated to pick the Razorbacks. 
I, I don't I don't hate this either. You know, Friday in Arkansas against Missouri against a, a conference opponent. Has mm-hmm. Missouri locked up the SEC West? Oh no, they're in the East for some fucking reason. That's right. Right. They're in the East and Georgia's already locked it up. It's going Georgia to be Georgia, Alabama. Up. Gotcha. Okay. Then yeah. Uh, you know, they're playing to get into the New Year's Six Bowl, which I would right. love Arkansas to ruin for them. Well, if Arkansas ruins Missouri's shot at New Year's Six, it's very possible that Ole Miss gets that New Year's Six spot. So which one would you prefer? But Mississippi State's gonna win too. So it's gonna go to like Washington whenever they lose or FSU when they lose. Ooh. It's fine. We got this covered. I'm not worried. at that point at that point, actually the next highest ranked SEC team might be Tennessee. <laughs> I quit. They, we have lost bug for the rest of the episode all right <laughs> they're all losing fuck them next up here texas tech at number seven texas and the battle for the chancellor's spurs if texas wins this game they will finally clinch their spot in the big 12 championship game if they lose there is theoretically a scenario where they're out of the big 12 title game Although I very highly doubt I, it. I would love to get wrecked on this one and just <laughs> I just want to see the carnage unfold in the final year of the Big 12 as we know it. According to the Big 12 office, there are 128 possible combinations of Big 12 championship games still on the table. And it starts here. If Texas wins, they will not only make the title game, but they will be the host team. Uh as I would, the, I would love Tech to fuck this all up. Yeah, that, yeah, that'd be. Fun. I, don't, I don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> uh, I think Quinn Ewers is going to take care of business. But man, this would be amazing. And I've been really trying to do team colors here, so the dark green is hard to read. I just had to stick with it. So Penn State at that dark green Michigan State here in the Land Grant Trophy battle. This is a completely bullshit trophy, and it's hilarious. It's just, it's just like a bookcase or some shit. <laughs> this, it's there are a couple of trophies like that around the Big Ten, and oh yeah, this is, yeah, <laughs> yeah, this is pretty ridiculous. I low key love it though. Like the more ridiculous right. it looks, I feel like the better it is. Well, look up the $3 Bits of Broken Chair trophy. (laughs) You'll love that one, too. Anyway, Penn State at Michigan State. Uh, We're all picking the Nittany Lions in this one. And I love the the Reddit comment from a Penn State fan. They need to start calling James Franklin the steering wheel because they're always attending to. (laughs) I mean, they're not wrong. This is fantastic, the broken chair. Yeah. There are some... (laughs) Slapdash trophies that are just some of the best in all of college football. Land Grant Trophy is one of them. I got I gotta say the American Athletic Conference needs to get on it. Memphis, UAB, last game of the year for the rack of ribs every season. Oh, yeah. Let's do it. Make it happen. Oh yes. That would be glorious. That's, that's all I've been thinking about all week. The Pac-12 in their final year of existence, also the first year ever in Pac-12 history without divisions, which means Oregon has a shot at the Pac-12 championship game with a win here against arch-rival in-state Oregon State. 
They used to call this game Civil War ever since uh, 2019 or so. The schools have really tried to distance themselves from that name, which means that friend of the show, Jake Botel, renamed it for us. This is Duckface Beaver Carnage, and <laughs> it's a better name anyway. I agree. We need to find a way to pitch this name enough times and to enough people that it eventually makes its way up to Oregon State and Oregon. And either they decide to keep it or they're like, oh, my God, that's awful. We need to think of a real name. Maybe Civil War isn't that bad. Marvel made a ton of money on a movie with the same name. (laughs) Oh, man, that feels like forever ago. Marvel was good. Jeez. Anyway, talk to Oregon State, Oregon here. Now, there is still real conversation around Bo Nix winning the Heisman. He needs to show up big in this game. Oregon State's defense has been a little bit sporadic at times. Like sometimes it looks like they're unbeatable, and sometimes it looks like they're extremely porous. I don't know I, the formula necessarily for beating this Oregon State defense, but Bo Nix needs to find it. And Tug and I are both projecting that he does. I would be extremely surprised if Oregon State isn't able to clean these things up going into this week. Michael Penix had a fantastic game against them last week, as well as the entire Washington offense. But Oregon as a whole... A fantastic first half against Oregon State. (laughs) Fair. Oregon State was able to find a way to keep it close and buckle down. I can't imagine they're going to do anything less than that in a rivalry game. That could have implications on the Pac-12 championship. Yeah, if Oregon State wins this one and Arizona wins their game, Arizona will be in that Pac-12 championship against Washington, who has already clinched. Yeah, uh, And so they got rid of divisions, but they never actually changed the schedule. So they're still playing. They're also all playing a, like a division schedule which means that Jed Fish has gone ahead and declared his team the Pac-12 South champions in 2023, <laughs> which I very much respect. Approved. But, it's not real, but it's approved. Right. <laughs> it's more real than UCF's uh, national championship. Moving right it's, along. Okay. Maybe. I, I have no time to respond, apparently. Saturday. <laughs> it's frozen, so maybe you do. Oh, there we go. <laughs> UConn at UMass, starting us off on Saturday at noon on ESPN+. Both teams had surprisingly solid seasons last year and came back down to earth this year. I was really excited for Tyson Pumachon at UMass. I thought that was going to be a a decent answer for them at quarterback. It really hasn't worked out that way at all. Former Clemson and Georgia Tech quarterback. And then UConn really does feel like they have a bunch of solid pieces, maybe just at the wrong positions. Uh, They have a fantastic guard. They have a linebacker that I like a lot. I guess that doesn't win you enough games. Brutal. I think the biggest thing from when I've watched UConn is it never seems like they put a full 60 minutes together at all. And and that's – I don't know if that's more of a experience issue for the team or or what it is. (laughs) But I I like them in this game because I really just don't like UMass that much. Same. I also feel like UConn is better than two and nine. Yeah, I'm not going to give them the you know best two and nine team in the nation like we did Tulane a couple of years ago. But I do think they're a lot better than two and nine. Yeah, they're they're not like a 
team I expect. They, to they should be. They year. should be bowl eligible. They, they, I would put them around four to six wins. Yeah, and this would get them to three, which is better than nothing. Okay, you're stalling because I know you're scared to talk about the next game. Yeah, I am. I know. I am. This is the game. I'm gonna number be honest two, with you. At number three, eleven and zero. At eleven and zero, noon on Fox. Big nude kickoff. <laughs> I'm gonna be completely honest with you. All right. I really, 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 really thought about taking Michigan, mm-hmm. but I've done things for the meme for Tug. Mm-hmm. And I gotta say, getting uh, getting things stolen—that's uh, kind of appealing to me. I, gotta, I had to awful. do it. I will say though, too, it, legitimately, we've we've talked about it when this whole sign stealing thing broke. If you go back to the last two iterations of the game, mm-hmm. it has been a very close game. You could even—I think Ohio State's gone in up both of those games. And then adjustment of all adjustments at halftime, and Michigan has dominated the second half. Mm-hmm. Unlike we've seen any team do to Ohio State over that same two-year period. Mm-hmm. Even against Georgia, the eventual national champions last year, that came down to the very, very end. And oh, by the way, Michigan got fucking smoked by TCU. So I personally think there is a lot more to the sign-stealing thing going into those two wins over Ohio State than anybody wants to give credit to. Legitimately, I think that's going to be a backbreaker for this Michigan team. I am scared of how confident I am in this game. It like actually legitimately terrifies me. Not the matchup, the fact that I am so confident in this matchup. It like that's worrying because usually that means it's gonna be like a fucking overtime game or some shit. Yeah. Cause it's the game. Travion Henderson is healthy, full go, better per game than Blake Corum, the guy everyone has been talking about as the best running back in the Big Ten for the last two years. Kyle McCord statistically has a surprisingly way better season than J.J. McCarthy. And look at the past three games now. They're McCarthy's worst games of his career. Weird, coincidental maybe, that the guy who uh, told everybody what was going to happen before it happened is gone, and now McCarthy can't throw the ball. That's wild. Never would have guessed that. So I legitimately feel like our defense is going to beat the shit out of them. And I know that means it's going to be a close game anyway, just because I feel like that. And it's like, we need to win this game very badly for multiple reasons. And I feel like the rest of the big 10 is going to be rooting for us, which is a first for me as an Ohio State fan. (laughs) (laughs) Here's, Here's something I've been thinking about, and hopefully I want to talk about it now because hopefully we don't have to have this conversation later. But even if mm-hmm. we do, it changes, I think, depending on how this sure. game goes. We talked about it last year that 
after losing the game two years in a row, Ryan Day's leash was getting very short. Mm-hmm. We glossed over it when this, you know, this this uh, sign stealing scandal broke. That that changes things some, but not really. What right now on Tuesday mm-hmm. or sorry on Wednesday? Wednesday? What are your thoughts if they if they lose this game on Saturday? If we lose this game, there are no more excuses. I mean, we've played the ultimate ultimate excuse card, right. of evidence of them cheating. So there are legitimately no other excuses. They don't have their head coach on the sidelines. That's debatable how much that even really matters, but it's a fact. They won't have their head coach on the sidelines. They had to let go their linebackers coach like two weeks ago. They had to let go the guy who made it possible for them to beat us two years in a row. Um, Like, I don't think Ryan Day would be fired if he lost this game. I do expect, though, that if he loses this game, next year would be a win or you're out. Uh, I feel... I thought about this a lot, right? Like, I, he lost two in a row, and I i don't know. I would assume you kind of erase that, right? To, to a, a lot of extent, yes. And if you didn't if you didn't fire him after two, my thought would be that you give him at least another two. But the other thing that comes into my mind is, if you're going into this game undefeated every year, I understand that recruiting at Ohio State kind of does its own job, right? Like, you don't have to be a master salesman like you might have to be to get a kid I mean, to come to, I don't know, Boise State, go to Idaho. You're not, you know, get I, a... I would argue that's not true um, because of the level that Ohio State recruits at. Like, yes, there are there are certain players who will come to Ohio State on their own. Right. But let's be real. There are certain players who will go to Temple just because they felt like it that happens at every school to a lesser extent for those smaller schools, but it does happen when you are competing against Georgia, Alabama for the number one class every year, then it really starts to matter how good you are as a salesman too. Cause they're not recruiting just Ohio kids. They're That's recruiting fair. across the nation against Alabama, Georgia for everybody, for everyone in the nation. So well, then I, I think it goes back to my point a little bit. Uh, what I was getting to, rather, that mm-hmm. firing a coach that's getting you to eleven and zero year in and year out, like that. I I get, I do get it. I don't, but I do. Like this is the most important game of the year every single year. If you can't we, win it, you're out. We have a history of it. I, man, I John just John Cooper, and I hate having to bring him up in the Ryan Day. You know, the same sentence as Ryan Day, but because it's kind of a cliche amongst Ohio State fans now. But the last time that Ohio State hired someone from outside the rivalry, didn't grow up in it, was John Cooper. We would be 11 and 0, 10 and 1 going into the game every year. And he lost like five of them before we finally let him go and hired somebody who grew up in the rivalry in Jim Trussell. And that worked out very well. Yeah. Yeah. So, 
<laughs> to some extent, it's almost like uh, his name is tainted a little bit because they're fighting for bowl eligibility over at Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I see a guy who knows the rivalry by heart, played here, coached here for a long time, and would love the chance again. If Ryan Day loses this one and next year, we go out and get Luke Fickle. Yeah. It would certainly be interesting. And I'm sure we're going to talk about this game a lot on uh, Monday next week, so I don't want to spend too much more time on it, and hopefully we don't have to rehash this conversation now or you know, as long as we continue to do the show, honestly. Well, I, I do want to bring up one other thing, and it's hypothetical shit, so I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on this either. But depending on who wins this matchup, it will determine whether or not the Big Ten can possibly get two teams to the playoff, right? Because the team up north had a terrible non-conference schedule to the point where if they lose this game, they will not be in. Right. If Ohio State loses this game close, they're still in that conversation. And if everything else goes chalk or we get like one upset in there, if Louisville (laughs) upsets Florida State, Ohio State's in over Louisville, right? Even with a loss in this game. So there, there are scenarios. If it happens that we win the national championship after losing the game, that throws a wrench in all kinds of conversations. <laughs> it just does. Yeah. But I don't want to I don't want to think about it. <laughs> we'll 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 cross that bridge if we have to when we have to. Moving right yeah, along we- to the American Athletic Conference, Navy coming in at 5 and 5 against SMU for the Gans trophy. Yeah, mm-hmm. sure. Uh this one's going to be Gans make good dance. Gans make good dance. <laughs> This one's going to be in the Dallas-Fort Worth area at SMU. I I don't think SMU is great, um, but I also don't trust Navy. I purely want Navy to lose this game because that sets up an Army-Navy game of two teams who are both five and six. So the winner of that game gets to go to a bowl game. That would be awesome. Uh, I know it's a little bit of a step down from like the 40s when they were the winner of that game won the national championship, but <laughs> the winner of that game getting to a bowl and a loser going home makes it huge. And I just love that. So that's why I'm picking SMU more than anything. Like, yeah, SMU's a better team, but also it's Navy. They pull off weird upsets all the time. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Last but not least, this matchup has been very exciting. For about three years, they had the longest game in FBS history with so many overtimes. That's part of what led to the new overtime rules. When was that game? That would have been in 2015, 2014, 2015, somewhere around there. Because I was still in college when it happened. 2018. It was two. No way. 2018, seven overtimes. No. 74 way. 72, Texas AM. Jesus. I'm looking at it right now. Yes, way. Anyway. Damn. Yeah. I mean, regardless, the I don't even know if that's what made, I don't know what made this a rivalry, but that game is going to It's been a rivalry for a very long time. This has been one that's played for, it's been played for 80, 80 plus times. That game in, in particular is going to stick out in everybody's mind forever yeah. and ever. 
unfortunately, I think losing Jimbo Fisher is going to be too much for AM to overcome. I I kind of agree with that, and I kind of don't know that it matters. Like, even if Jimbo were here, I'd pick LSU. And how much does Jimbo exactly affect game day operations? He feels very much more like a CEO style of head coach than a play calling type head coach. And maybe I'm wrong about that. Maybe he does get way more in the details than I'm giving him credit for. But there's a reason there was so much turnover at the coordinator positions every so often at Texas A&M when he was there because it wasn't working and he wasn't wanting to dive in. So I think the other thing you want to look at too is LSU at home has found a second level that has really made them pretty fucking unbeatable there. I mean, we talked about when they played Florida, Florida was in that game most of the way through. And then LSU just said, Nope, it's ours. Took a two or three score lead. And that was it. Well, Jaden Daniels ran for 800 yards. Yeah. He said inside of five minutes or whatever. And, yeah, he said he set some records. He did some crazy shit. He ran like a four minute mile and a half, and it was insane. <laughs> oh, we got plenty more. Don't you worry, folks. We're we're heading down the Saturday rivalry matchups. Next up here is the Governor's Cup, Kentucky at number ten, Louisville. I am picking Louisville. But it's not like an extreme confidence in Louisville, right? They've been playing things pretty close as of late. Helps that it's at home. I think Tug actually said this as well. If this were in Lexington, he'd probably pick Kentucky. But that's what Tug does. So (laughs) take that for what you will. Yeah, I just think Louisville is a a much, much better team this year. I I don't I don't see a route for Kentucky to get the win here, but I think it's going to be a great game no matter what. And the old Oaken Bucket, Indiana at Purdue, also at noon, our last noon game of the weekend that we're picking, at least. I don't know why we're all going with Purdue. <laughs> this feels kind of dangerous to me. Because <laughs> they're at home? I guess. Neither team's really that good, so wow. <laughs> just pick the home team, I guess. <laughs> All right, next up, the only FCS game that we're picking this weekend in the rivalry section because it's the only regular season FCS game on the slate at all. Actually, that's not true. There's one other. Uh, but on Saturday, at least, it's the only one. Southern against Grambling State in the Bayou Classic. This one is a neutral site game in New Orleans on NBC. Yeah, I can't I wanted to take Southern. I wanted to to stray away, but I couldn't I couldn't think of a realistic reason to do that. Uh, the only every, thing that I'm thinking of there will be a distraction for the head coach Hugh Jackson apparently got an interview for the Pittsburgh Steelers open offensive coordinator position. Beautiful. <laughs> I'd already taken Grambling by the time I heard that, and I didn't feel like changing it. So we're <laughs> there's rolling. No, there's no real reason to change it. <laughs> Next up, we have a game that had a lot of buildup and anticipation to start the year, and it's fizzled out on both ends at different times throughout the year. Colorado mm-hmm. at Utah, the Rumble and the Rockies. 
Uh, obviously, Colorado fell off very quickly, very early in the season, and Utah has been more of a slow burn uh, to a still very respectable seven and four, but definitely very, very short of the preseason expectations for this team. Yeah. The one thing I am surprised of, I know it's been a recent losing streak, but also, you know, come on, committee, what are you doing? Utah's unranked now in favor of ranking a seven and four Tennessee team who hasn't beaten anybody. It just means more. It just means fuck the West Coast, I guess. Well, but, mostly fuck the Pac 12 because they're about to not exist anyway. Well, this is about to be a storied Big 12 rivalry matchup. Looking forward to that. <laughs> In case you couldn't tell, we're all taking the Utes. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, yeah, let's be of real. course. Of course. You see, Deion Sanders didn't know where Mount Rushmore was. He thought it was in L.A. So then South Dakota's governor tweeted at him, inviting Colorado to come visit as if he's going to do that. No. (laughs) Next up, we have the Battle of the Bayou, Louisiana Monroe against Louisiana, and the Raisin Cajuns are fighting for bowl eligibility. I don't – this this could be something where ULM comes out and and shocks us all and prevents their rival from getting into a bowl game, but let's be real. They're really fucking bad. Yeah, I don't trust Louisiana Monroe to do anything. What I want to say is I want there to be some – rivalry that involves any team in the state of Louisiana that doesn't involve the name Bayou name it something else be creative think of literally any other word I mean in fairness LSU versus Arkansas is a big golden boot don't talk about Bayou yeah but why would they be wearing boots down in Louisiana unless they're walking through the Bayou fuck off So we got deeper than hate Georgia Southern versus Appalachian State. Georgia Southern's had their best year, I think, ever this season. It feels like it. I don't uh, know if that's factually true, but it feels like it. And then Appalachian State has become extremely mid this year, and that's very depressing. Even still, if they win this game, I think they're in the Sun Belt Championship simply because JMU's ineligible, but they also beat JMU. So that's uh I guess they they're the most deserving of everybody else in the conference. I guess. Now this is a this is a pick'em for me, and as magical as App State usually is at at various points throughout the season, they like to drop random games. And Georgia Southern feels like one of those really solid teams that could just come into Boone and pull it out. To me, absolutely, absolutely. One of my favorite rivalries, Paul Bunyan's axe. We got Wisconsin at Minnesota. I'm taking the Gophers because they're fighting for more than just the axe. They're fighting for bowl eligibility. Wisconsin mm-hmm. has looked shaky all year. I will 100% say this. If this was at Camp Randall, I would definitely take Wisconsin in this one. But it's not, so I'm taking the Gophers. Yeah, I just really don't trust Kaliak Manis. As much as I distrust Wisconsin's offense and have made that point in various weeks, Minnesota offense scares me even more. So I'm picking the Badgers. Feels a little bit, you know, chalky going with the favorite here, but uh, I feel like it's a well-deserved favorite for the Badgers. I 
I completely agree, but here's the other thing. You're going to see through, if you haven't noticed already, uh, you and Tug are picking very similar on pretty much everything. I think this Georgia State App State game, or Georgia Southern App State game is one of the only ones where you and Tug don't pick the same. Uh, I had to UMass. We went different. Yeah. I, ha- I had yeah. to break that up some, though. I ha- I had I got to take my shots where I can. I appreciate it. You got a couple more coming. I know you do. I you do. have a couple up your sleeve. I do. Next up is the Commonwealth Cup, which could be the name of Louisville, Kentucky, because Kentucky is also a Commonwealth, but Virginia, Virginia Tech took that name first. So, suckers. <laughs> We're all taking Virginia Tech here. The Hokies are fighting for their sixth win and bowl eligibility. Of course, the Cavaliers are not in the bowl conversation. And they're not good. I will also say, though, Virginia feels like a team that really plays with a lot of heart. And I I feel like that's a shitty thing to say about a team sometimes. It's like, you know, that's... That's the best you can say about them. They really do play hard, but it it feels like it's true. I think this is going to be a hard-fought win if the Hokies do pull us out. Virginia's not going to go down lightly. Yeah, I I am interested to see what all happens here. Vanderbilt at Tennessee. Your favorite of the weekend, I'm sure. You're very excited for this game. And how much I you love legally volunteers. am not allowed to pick Tennessee. <laughs> and <laughs> true story. Uh, one of my fraternity brothers had tickets to this game. And he said, going to the game, whoever wins will be my SEC team. Because even though everybody in Memphis hates Tennessee, mm-hmm. there's still a lot of Tennessee fans at Memphis. It's just... Right. Just it's just how it is. Vanderbilt pulled it out, and now he's a Vandy fan. And in that dandy, let's go Vandy. Hell Anchor yeah. down. I thought you were going to give the meme of he left the tickets in his front seat. Somebody broke in and left him four more. <laughs> Both teams were pretty fucking bad when he went. So I mean, it probably would have happened. <laughs> going back to the Big Ten here, Northwestern at Illinois. For the Land of Lincoln Trophy, Illinois is fighting for bowl eligibility. Northwestern has already clinched that in their Somehow. first year of the brawn. Uh, I can't think of a good word that starts to be like the, the the reign of Ryan, I guess. Works, use his first name instead of his last name. New era, a head coach for the Wildcats. They got bowl eligibility. It's very exciting for them. Illinois is going to be fighting like hell at home to get to six wins, and I'm picking the Illini. I think this Absolutely. is only the third game that we're picking differently, Tug and I. Yeah. But it did happen. <laughs> yeah, I I have no reason to go with the Wildcats. They've not really been all that surprising. And I feel like Illinois, yes, they have the worst record coming into this. It is more than just them being at home. I feel like they've been in a lot more games than they've been out of. And if there's going to be a time that they find a way to put it all together, uh, it's going to be it's going to be in this one. And this is going to be right after the conclusion of the state playoff championships. So all the state finals will be taking place over the next couple of days at Memorial Stadium. This is going to be a great game to cap off the weekend. Imagine if that overtime against Toledo just went a little bit differently. The Rockets were undefeated. Illinois was four and seven right now. 
that would be <laughs> Toledo would be ranked, and that'd be fun. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Number fifteen, Arizona at Arizona State. Arizona needs to win this one, the duel of the desert. That is, uh, in order to potentially have a shot at the Pac-12 title game. They do need Oregon to lose in order to get there, but it is possible. And against their rivals, the Sun Devils, another future Big 12 classic. I would be surprised if Arizona State pulled this one out. This this second piece here is Arizona has quietly been a very, very good team this season. Mm -hmm. They've got four ranked wins already. They're going into this game with a shot to go to the conference championship game. Very deserving. I apologize for not recognizing just how good this team has been earlier in the season because they deserve they deserve a lot more attention than even we gave them. Arizona State, on the other hand, has Cam Skadaboo. So should be a fun game. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and probably well, my favorite afternoon game. Of rivalry weekend. Not the duel in the desert. You mean the Iron Bowl, don't you? The Iron Bowl, baby. Let me let me paint a picture for you. Rembrandt. Your New Mexico State. You decide, yeah, we'll take $1.8 million to get our asses kicked at Auburn. Hell yeah. Your team's very bad. Probably should be going to the FCS. Instead... You hire Jerry Kill and join Conference USA. You then go on to win seven games, go to Auburn, and beat the dog shit out of them at Jordan-Hare Stadium in the midst of a four-game Auburn winning streak. Auburn then turns around and hosts Alabama in the Iron Bowl the following week, a game that is unpredictable, it seems like, every year, even when it should be clearly predictable and then the transitive property of college football tells us that after auburn beats alabama that you in fact are better than the alabama crimson tide and i want that meme so so bad i have not wanted auburn to win a football game ever (laughs) but i would love for auburn to win this football game this isn't even this isn't even alabama hate this isn't, I want Alabama to lose. This is, I solely want Al- Auburn to win because of what it means for all the hilarity and memes that come out of it for New Mexico State. I mean, it would be something else. I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. I just can't pick against Alabama. I know at Jordan-Hare, there is a very real possibility that Auburn pulls us off for no good reason. It happens from time to time. I cannot bring myself to bet against Alabama. <sighs> it's just, yeah, that's that's how I feel about this. I, Look, I can't, if- I can't bring myself to take Auburn here. Like I have no logical justification for that, other than it might happen. It could, it could happen. It could happen. <laughs> Angels in the outfield, baby. Yeah, I if. <clears throat> If Auburn just loses to random team last week, I take Alabama all day, every day. If Auburn had won last week, I probably still take Alabama because I think they're a much better team. 
I think Auburn's going to come out with a little something extra because they just got made. They were just embarrassed by a nobody. They don't want to get embarrassed at home two weeks in a row, especially to the rival the second time. I just think it'd be fantastic if Auburn wins this game and then Alabama beats Georgia in the SEC title game. New Mexico State can be crowned SEC champs. (laughs) (laughs) Moving along here to the uh, later afternoon slate. I know we were just at 3.30. We're moving to 4 o'clock now. The Apple Cup, Washington State at Washington. Man, Washington State started off the season so great and then just decided to not do that anymore. Yeah. Uh, but then they really showed up last week against Colorado. So if they can do that again, that'd be very fun. It won't knock Washington out of the Pac-12 championship game, but it would definitely knock Washington out of that top four that they just moved into this weekend. So the Apple Cup is still very important. Washington State needs to win this game to get to a bowl game. Washington needs to win this game in order to stay alive for the playoff. We're all picking the Huskies for good it's, reason. But it's, it's crazy how much is on the line here. Well, I just don't yeah. see how Washington State's gonna do it. They have fizzled out so hard this season. But they played so well last week against Colorado. Like there's there's something still in there. It would take a miracle, but there is something in there. <laughs> you know what I think is gonna take a little more of a miracle than I think a lot of people want to let on? It's Florida State beating Florida. Now, the Seminoles look great without Jordan Travis after he went down. And as a matter of fact, they really started to turn the game around. When he was in, it wasn't looking the greatest. Yeah. Going into this game against Florida, though, they got to go to the swamp. They got to prevent Florida from getting to bowl eligibility. Florida has been in a lot of football games. They've lost quite a few close ones. They're Mm -hmm. better than this 5-6 and record. I know they want to dash all the playoff hopes that Florida State has. There's a lot going into this one. Being at home, bowl eligibility, ruin FSU's perfect season. I mean, it's a long list. I'm going to give Florida a little bit of an edge here. This would be completely different if Jordan Travis had not gone down. And I understand that. I think we're going to see a little bit of an inverse of what you're saying, though, where the defense is going to rally behind the idea of, we need to win this for, for Jordan Travis. And that backup they have, Tate Rodemaker, Richard Jr., played very well last week. Yeah. I know it was against North Alabama. I grant you that, but still 300 yards, four touchdowns. I mean, that's it looked like the offense didn't really miss a beat when he stepped in. I don't know if that will hold up against a Florida defense, but it's not like Florida's defense has been that amazing all year either. So – I still believe in Florida State. Actually, I feel more confident in the Seminoles this week than I did before because they were playing on the razor's edge with Jordan Travis. Now they have something to rally around. At least in this one game, I'm more confident in Florida State than I was last week, which feels weird to say. You you know what's weird, though, is I wrestled with a lot of those same thoughts legitimately. Uh, this this is going to be a fantastic game. This is probably going to be the game I turn on for the nightcap here, because uh, the rest of these I I'm just I'm not as intrigued by them, unfortunately. 
Yeah, but it's the last game ever on the Pac-12 network. Number 18, Notre Dame, heading down to Stanford for the Legends Trophy. One of the oldest rivalries, like West Coast-ish rivalries that exist in college football. Notre Dame-Stanford has been going on for a very long time. And uh, Stanford likes to do some funny things here, but like we've talked about recently, I think I think the three of us podcast boys could beat Stanford on a neutral site. So it's <laughs> I could definitely beat them in a parking lot. Just hey. saying that. <laughs> Number one, Georgia at Georgia Tech to finish off the year. Clean, old-fashioned hate. This rivalry dates back a very long time to when Georgia Tech was good. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, Georgia Tech's bowl eligible. Hats off to them. They're doing a lot better and than I think anybody expected this year. Crazy thing. If the ACC still had divisions this year, it would already be clinched Florida State against Georgia Tech in that conference title game. <laughs> but divisionless, we get Florida State-Louisville. <laughs> insane. Absolutely Yeah, insane. we're all picking the Bulldogs against the Yellow Jackets. As but, should you. But... Uh, Georgia Tech likes to make things fun this year. They've played a lot of really solid football in games that people didn't expect them to play really solid football in. I I could see this going down a lot like the Vandy game for Georgia. Like Georgia Tech's going to put up more points than people think they should. Georgia's still going to win by a couple scores here. But I think this might be worth tuning in for, at least in the first half. Could be. Could be. It's on ABC, so it should be pretty easy for everybody to catch. And then the evening slate, starting us off with the Palmetto Bowl. Number 24, Clemson snuck up in there once again, not to be forgotten, at the real USC. Yeah, baby. (laughs) But we're all picking the Tigers. Yeah, I just I don't I don't trust the Gamecocks. I, we've mentioned it the past couple times we've had to talk about uh, Clemson on this show that it seems like Dabo Sweeney and the entire Tigers team has found that second gear. I am going to imagine that next year Clemson's going to be back up in the playoff conversations if he can hold this momentum through the off season into next year. South Carolina, on the other hand, that defense is a massive massive liability i i I can't put any faith in that defense that's i just had a i just had a terrible thought uh quinn ewers comes back to texas next year arch manning transfers to clemson and uh (laughs) damn i hate that thought now that's gross let's move on north carolina at nc state in the final game of the tobacco road this year North Carolina has looked so fine, like all season. Like that, that offense feels really special. Drake May is a legitimate contender for the number one overall pick. That defense is so okay at times. And then you have NC State here, who is almost the exact opposite of that. I love this defense for NC State. It's one of my favorite defenses in the entire country right now. And I don't know what to make of this offense entirely. 
I'm going with NC State here because they're at home and because I love that defense so much. I feel like defense is going to win the day here. Even still, I feel like this could be like a 40-something to 40-something just slugfest and one stop decides it. That feels like what North Carolina just lets themselves into every every couple of and weeks. I, well, and I think if there's if there's going to be one stop, and I had to pick the team that's going to get that one stop, it's going to be North NC State. They they yeah. they have the ability to just bow their necks, hit you in the mouth, and say no. This is this is over now. Yeah. So we're both picking NC State, the Wolf Pack here against the Tar Heels. Who Tug is taking UNC. That's uh, that's fine. I understand. That's it. crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> to me, if it gets to a shootout, though, who would you rather have a quarterback? I, you're picking Drake May. Yeah, that's fair. so. There, there are legitimate arguments for both sides. I just, I do like that defense an awful lot. Iowa State at number 19, Kansas State in Farmageddon. Both teams are eligible for a bowl already. Kansas State needs to win this in order to theoretically, possibly make it into the Big 12 title game. They would need Oklahoma and Oklahoma State to lose, I believe, at this point. Um, but it is, it is still possible. I actually think Iowa State's still technically eligible as well, though that's an even longer shot uh, somehow. <laughs> the, the Big 12 is just carnage and mayhem all the time if we get a rematch of that texas kansas state game i would be very okay with that that was an awesome awesome game earlier this season which texas did come out on top in overtime but we're all taking the wildcats here against the cyclones if i'm like having to pick between (sighs) watching north carolina nc state and iowa state kansas state i'd probably watch nc state but i think so too <clears throat> I think so too. But I do think this game could be could be a tight one just because uh Kansas State might be playing a little bit a little bit too tight here. Like they need to need to loosen things up against Iowa State and really get going. And they might be thinking ahead too much. Maybe. We'll see. <clears throat> Next up here, Fresno State has been eliminated from Mountain West title contention after their stunning upset loss to the New Mexico Lobos last week. But they will be facing off against their rival, San Diego State, who is having one of their worst seasons in a very long time. Uh, Their head coach, Brady Hoke, has announced he is retiring at the end of this year. So maybe the Aztecs try to put him out on top and really show up in this one. But, man, Fresno State just feels like the better team. The battle for the oil can, we're all taking the Bulldogs. Yeah, it's it's a shame that this is how the year is going to end as far as conference hopes go for Fresno State. But I don't see them wanting to lose this one. They they've already locked up a bowl. You don't want to lose to your rival. You don't want to you don't want to end your season, your regular season like this. I think the Bulldogs are gonna pull it together and get this one taken care of. And then last here in our rivalry matchups of Saturday, Cal at UCLA. Now, it is theoretically debatable whether or not this should be considered a rivalry at all. Because if you're following the drama of UCLA heading to the Big Ten 
and they put out a poll among student athletes whether they were more concerned about losing the rivalry with USC or losing the rivalry with Cal. It was uh, 94% in favor of uh, keeping the rivalry with USC. So <laughs> nice. But Cal needs to win this one in order to get to bowl eligibility, which, of course, Justin Wilcox can be fighting like hell for because he's getting paid a whole lot of money. And if Cal doesn't make a bowl game, that's going to look real bad. Uh, <laughs> I know I know we've talked about it, too, that there, there's not really been anything official, and Chip Kelly hadn't even spoke on it. Mm-hmm. But that, that leak, whether it's true or not, it it's just wild to me if they come out and beat both of their rivals to finish out the regular season. I know. <laughs> I know. I know. That would be insane. Yes. But here's my theoretical speculation. I have no evidence for this. This is just purely my where, my where my head is with it. The only way I could see that being a like a real – threat of firing Chip Kelly right now is if they already have a coach guaranteed in principle, at least. And the only one I could think of that kind of makes sense would be Oregon State's Jonathan Smith. And obviously he's not going to come out and talk about that, but that would be a slam dunk hire. If you had to move on from Chip Kelly right now, which apparently they just feel like they have to, Jonathan Smith would be awesome replacement. So I could see that potentially being a thing, but wow, why would you why would you move on after beating your two rivals at the end of the year and potentially ending with a nine win season with a bold win? That's just wow. And if you lose Chip Kelly, aren't you at risk of losing your five star quarterback you just brought in too, who yeah. came to play for Chip Kelly? Yeah. This there's Man, it was – I thought it was a wild thing to begin with, but it's <clears> – yeah, it's uh, it's definitely got a different different flavor to it now. <clears throat> that does it for the FBS. It's time to start talking playoffs. playoffs. <laughs> we have the first round of the playoffs this very weekend, all of these games will be on Saturday. Every single one of them will be on ESPN Plus, and they're all going to be happening about the same time. So make your picks, what you want to see, <laughs> or you better be quick with those fingers on ESPN Plus. But the weekend will start off with Sacramento State at North Dakota in a game where uh, it felt like neither team was a lock for the playoffs at all. Uh, very easily could have seen both of these on the outside looking in. But we have the Hornets against the Fighting Hawks, and we are all siding with the home team here at North Dakota. Which is very different from what we're going to do with the next game. But I do want to say a lot of this has to do with our respect for the Missouri Valley Football Conference and well, what and North my- Dakota has been able to do to teams this year. And my sheer shock at Sacramento State even getting in. Like yeah. I, I don't I don't feel like that's a playoff team. Yeah. I don't know if North Dakota necessarily is either, but I'd I'd rather see them in the playoffs than Sacramento State. So yeah. 
And next up, Tug's tinfoil hat team, NC Central, heading out mm-hmm. to Richmond to take on the Spiders. We're all going with NC Central. Which would be a big upset, actually. Yeah. The I don't know. I haven't seen official lines for this or anything. But Richmond is definitely considered to be the favorite, and they're at home. NC Central just feels like such a talented offense. It's hard for me to pick against them. And the Spiders have been like, I don't know, we've only picked them a couple times, and every time we do, it feels like almost a disappointing weekend for them. So I'm going with NC Central. I recognize that would be an upset, but I I want it to happen so badly. <laughs> I think I think that's kind of where we're all at. This is if NC Central gets a win here, this may I, I say it may. It should make the Miak and Swack really look at how they're handling things with the Celebration Bowl, and maybe maybe it's time to start making some changes there because gosh, if imagine Central, Florida A and M in the playoffs this year. Yeah, exactly. Now imagine imagine NC Central or Jackson State in the playoffs last year. Right. right. I mean, there's there's so many things about it, but we'll see what happens. Our next CAA team, Delaware, hosting the Patriot League champs, Lafayette. You and I are both predicting that the CAA goes 0 for 2 to start things off here, which I feel is a bold choice. Lafayette's had yes. a really solid season, though, and they're really, really good at a couple of key positions. Edge, edge rusher, uh, tight end, uh the offensive line I really like a lot for the for the Leopards. I Delaware think Ward, is another one of those teams where it just it feels like they've been a little bit disappointing when we when we check in on them. Well, and I think more importantly, I think Lafayette's gotten hot at the right time in Delaware. Yeah, I, I don't I well. don't get that same <laughs> feeling from. That's that's true. Tug is going with the Blue Hens though, which yeah is probably the safer pick. Delaware will be the favorite here, but Lafayette's so fun. Come on. (laughs) And then Gardner-Webb at Mercer. Mercer, the second SoCon team to make it in the first playoff ever for the Mercer Bears. Gardner-Webb won the Big South OVC to clinch their spot here. Had a couple of FBS losses, so they're better than their record shows which is why I keep rocking with Gardner-Webb. Last year was a very similar thing. They were like six and five with three FBS losses. And uh, (laughs) I picked them in the first round, and they won that first round. I don't expect them to go very far, but I like the running Bulldogs quite a bit. When I've watched the Bears, I've seen a team that they, they just didn't have it all together. And that was early in the season. That's where they picked up some of their losses. They seem to have figured their stuff out. They're more complete. They're playing complete games. I'm riding with the Bears on this one, and I think Tug's got that, uh, getting that vibe as well. Yeah, a couple of late stretch games against some of the teams we expected to be a lot stronger than they were. Like that Mercer game against Samford was yeah. like, wow, that's a legitimately impressive win. Is it, though? Or is that just our expectation of Samford? Like, I don't know if I don't know if that actually translates necessarily. I'm rocking with what worked for me in the past going Gardner Webb. <laughs> That's, That's all I got. Next up, we got Nichols at Southern Illinois. 
This one's going to be at three. All these games, except for the last one, are at three, and we'll get there in due time. We're all going with the Salukis here, and I got to say, that has me a little nervous. You'll notice that Nichols is only six and four. Everybody else has an extra game on their record. That's because the forfeit of Northwestern State doesn't actually count in the overall record. So that's not a typo. I did it. Let's go. <laughs> I I like a lot of things that SIU does, and I do think defense in this one will win the day for them. Nichols' offense has not been as impressive this year as it has been the past couple years, even with them rebounding from their, their down year last season. I, man, I just feel like SIU has not shown up in a single big game this season, and this is sure. – this is the fifth big game they've had this season. They've got to show up. So that's a that's a very fair take. What I will say, though, in defense of picking Southern Illinois here, Nichols did go undefeated in that Southland Conference. Massive. The only team that I really think was any good out of the Southland, though, other than Nichols, would be Incarnate Word. That's such a different style of offense. Yeah. what Southern Illinois does. I don't feel like Nichols has beaten anybody who does what Southern Illinois can do. The first four games of their season look really bad. Uh, just in the Southland, did they turn things on? So I, I'm picking the home team, the Missouri Valley team. It feels a little bit chalky, maybe, but I just I can't well, trust that the Southland is good enough to go toe-to-toe with the Missouri Valley you want to talk chalky? <laughs> Chattanooga at Austin P. We're yeah. all going with the governors. Yeah. <coughs> Which is scary to me. I actually like Chattanooga quite a bit. Austin he likes to play things very close, too. Yeah. Like, this this is probably going to end up being like a field goal game. I was surprised nobody <laughs> took Chattanooga, but I certainly wasn't going to take Chattanooga. <laughs> well, that's how I felt about it, too. I was like, man, I I think somebody ought to be taking Chattanooga. <laughs> I, I can't, it, I can't do it. It's not going to be me. <laughs> <laughs> then Drake at North Dakota State. This one actually at 3.30 on ESPN+. Plus. Here's a crazy stat. In the all-time series between Drake and North Dakota State, Drake actually leads 2-1. to one. They've only met three times in the past. <laughs> <laughs> and I can tell you it's not been the last like dozen years or so that Drake has won, but <laughs> they get a shot here. Uh, of course, we're all picking the Bison. It's a non-scholarship team against North Dakota State, so we're taking the Bison. Crazy how that works. Yeah, weird that our thought process might lead to picking you know North Dakota State of all teams. Last but not least, our chance for an immaculate, immaculate uh, slide here. We got Duquesne taking on Youngstown State at 5 p.m. Eastern. In Youngstown State, we're all going with the Penguins. Mm -hmm. And this, this is a home field advantage unlike any other. They literally are a different team at home than on the road. And that's the only reason I'm – not the only reason I'm picking them in this particular matchup. I do think they're a better team overall than Duquesne just all around. This will be the only time I pick the Penguins to win in the playoffs, though, yeah. because this will be their only home game. 
Yeah. Like they just don't show up on the road. So great starting weekend for them. Uh, Youngstown against Pittsburgh. I know a lot of people in that area will be uh, some divided loyalties. (laughs) But yeah, we're going with the Penguins. It's going to be a great week for FCS playoffs. It is it is disappointing that it, it has to be during rivalry week, and we're going to have a lot of split attention there. Oh, yeah. So, moving right along to not three, but two apiece of additional games that we just felt like talking about. So, this has flown under the radar a little bit. My first game is UTSA against number 23, Tulane. Now, the winner of this game will play in the American Athletic Conference conference championship game. And if SMU loses, they'll play again, I think. Yep. Well, so, if it's more complicated than that. <laughs> of course it is. If Tulane wins this game, uh then that's what the scenario will be. If UTSA wins this game, wait, I don't know. I, I don't even know what I'm saying. There's a, still a, a scenario that yes, some you could get in with a loss. I think it's if Tulane wins, and I, I, I don't know. I think I then it comes that. down to like points and point differential, and the overall record would favor SMU. Like non conference. The so, winner of this I, game is going to the conference championship game. There's yes, a lot on the line. That, that's, that's the thing we can say definitively. <laughs> but the reason I am taking Tulane and not UTSA, I've not been overly impressed with Tulane this year. However, Jeff Trailer had a 30 minute Zoom or phone interview for the Texas AM job that lasted 90 minutes. Seeing how coaches have left this conference for bigger programs and bigger conferences and how those teams do not give a fuck about these programs, there's going to be some distraction. It's going to creep in. I think it's going to affect the Roadrunners a little bit more than anything that they can control. I do think this is a very even matchup. I think UTSA has a fantastic opportunity to win in this one. But I'm going to ride with the green wave. So I, in theory, agree. And for most teams, I would wholeheartedly agree. The difference here is that it is Jeff Trailer. Yes. And his connections to Texas high school programs, his connections to the San Antonio area, I feel like he's going to be fighting like hell for UTSA throughout his tenure, no matter what happens with that Texas A&M position. And if he gets it, that's fantastic news. Couldn't happen to a better guy, in my opinion. Like, that's that would be a legitimate turning point of me, like, actually maybe caring about Texas A&M. I also have been watching UTSA tear up the American and Tulane yeah. really struggle yes. against most of the American. Which is – it's – it pisses me off to no end <clears throat> that we have a fucking seven and four Tennessee ranked, but we can't get SMU ranked. Memphis never sniffed the rankings. UTSA isn't sniffing the rankings. It is absurd to me. Right. I'm going with the hot hand. I'm going with 
if this is Jeff Trailer's last regular season game with UTSA, I can't imagine he would give anything less than 100%. And it's also Frank Harris's last regular season game with UTSA. What, six years with the program, and he's not going to go down swinging? I expect this is going to be a fantastic matchup. Absolutely. And very possibly we see both of these coaches leave after the season. Mississippi State's been really looking into Willie Fritz. Yeah. But either way, I just – I want to go with the Roadrunners here because of the struggles Tulane has had in recent weeks. And that storyline would be just so awesome. <laughs> it would be. It would be. And this one is going to be a Friday matchup, 3.30 Eastern on ABC. Moving to Saturday, though, I picked this game for two reasons. One, the matchup really intrigues me with how Jacksonville State has played all season, almost beating South Carolina, and then New Mexico, of course, going to Auburn and beating them last week. If there's any coach in the country that I trust to calm a team down and get them refocused in for their next opponent after a big win like that, it's Jerry Kill. We're all going with the Aggies. I think that's a mistake. I Somebody Please should do. be taking Jacksonville State. <laughs> But I certainly wasn't going to do it be, for contractual yeah. reasons. Right? I wasn't going to take <laughs> – as much as I love saying go Cox, uh, I was going to go with Jerry Kill's team. And really, I, I do think that that's going to play a huge role in this. I think Jacksonville State's going to try and take some big swings early. Coach Kill's going to have them ready, and they're going to be able to defend that. And it's going to put Jacksonville State in a hole as opposed to – helping them jump out ahead like they were hoping it would beyond any of that great logic good discussion love it forget it forget about it here's my gamesmanship of this last two weeks i've picked against new mexico state i just (laughs) handed you a free point i'm fucking taking the aggies (laughs) they could be playing georgia this weekend in georgia I'm picking New Mexico State because I know you would. <laughs> I ain't giving you that free point anymore. <laughs> <laughs> My games of the weekend, two Mountain West games. <laughs> Why am I doing that? Because these two games decide who goes to the Mountain West Championship <laughs> game. And I really do believe if UTSA gets the upset, if – Liberty slips up at any point here going forward. Mountain West really does feel like the strongest of it did at one point. Anyway, this season felt like the strongest group of five conference. I don't know if we can necessarily say that at this point, because now we're staring down the barrel of maybe two, seven win teams in the conference title game, but (laughs) yeah, they're, they're beating each other up and it's really clear. If you've watched these games, these are some really solid teams all around. Uh, Air Force at Boise State is on Friday, which Tug's just sick and tired of us picking Air Force games. But I had to do it because I think this is going to be a fantastic game. It's at Boise State. Air Force needs to get back in the win column, like desperately. And it it's against a team that feels like on the verge of being a rival as much as Tug, Tug talks about Wyoming being a rival. Boise State isn't either, but it, it's the same vein, at least uh, 
when I was there, everybody didn't really enjoy Boise State very much, put it that yeah. way. Yeah. Uh, but it's in Idaho. It's on that blue turf. I feel like the Broncos have a really good shot to win this one. And I hate that because Air Force winning would be would be nice. It would feel good. But, uh, man, so it's just... Memphis, <laughs> when they played Boise State, this game, the final score was 35-32. It was a very, it was a fantastic game. Mm-hmm. Came down to an onside kick, of course, and Boise was unable to recover, whatever. Where they had issues was stopping the run. If you're going to have issues stopping the run, you're going to have a bad time against Air Force. So, I agree. And early in the season, I would be picking Air Force in large part because of that reason. They fired their head coach over at Boise. And a couple of things have, around. have started to change. And weirdly enough, they're losing their defensive head coach. They've gotten better on defense. So, <laughs> I'm, I'm just going with the hot team. Air Force has cooled off way too hard. Yeah. And it's like a slam the brakes here. Boise State just feels like the right place, the right time to come away with this one. If they win, they will be in that Mountain West title game. If Air Force wins, Air Force will be in that Mountain West title game. So, which is huge. the same case for your next game? This game's going to exactly. be on Friday, and so whoever wins this one will just be waiting and kicking their feet up on Saturday while the game on Saturday taking place. Uh, they'll be looking ahead, maybe, to who their next opponent is. Yeah, San Jose State at UNLV on the Mountain West Network on Saturday. We're all picking UNLV here. Oh, man, I really wanted to pick San Jose State. I was, like, so close. Now, I feel like I've said that for, like, four games this week that we're picking. It's true. These are going to be some tight matchups. And I'm... UNLV's pretty I... tough at home, though. That's the thing. I know. <clears throat> I know. It's, it's been a crazy turnaround for them. And I felt like... Last year, I had said that UNLV felt better than where they ended up. And I was surprised when they let Marcus Arroyo go. Barry Odom's unlocked this team. That has proven to be the correct move already. I wonder what the next stop for Barry Odom's going to be because I don't see him staying at UNLV long term. He's going to get back. He's going to get another Power Five job. <clears throat> I mean, if this Pac 12 Mountain West merger goes through, maybe he sticks around for a little while. See, I said that I said that already about Luke Fickle, and look what happened. I know. I know. Luke Fickle is a very different situation, though. I don't think he – I don't think there was any real scenario where he stayed in the Big 12 for any period of time. So, just getting out beforehand made sense. That's fair. So, uh, I'll take I'll take Tuck's first one. You want to take the second one? Sure. Cool. We're talking Memphis versus Temple. <laughs> And the Owls <laughs> suck ass. Yeah, let's Memphis, go Tigers. <laughs> Tigers get to nine wins. They'll be competing for their 10th win in their bowl game for double-digit wins. I'm going with Memphis. For some reason, y'all picked UCF yep. uh, because Tug's actual game is UCF versus Houston. 
Yep. Uh, I don't if, know if, why he picked this one other than it's two old American Athletic Conference teams that have sucked massive balls in the Big 12 this year. And I don't know. John Reese Plumley, <laughs> he's done okay. I think baseball might be his sport. He might need might want to hang up the pads after this season. <laughs> Jeez. Uh y'all are picking the Knights. Fuck this game. What? I think it comes down to he just thinks this will be close. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter if either team's necessarily that good. That's an evenly matched game. And it is a little bit of bragging rights. UCF keeps talking about how they're space U and all that bullshit, even though they have nothing to do with space at all. Fuck UCF for that. And then you have Houston over here, which is like, that's what Houston is known for. Basically more than anything is being the place where rockets take off from. I know they take off from Florida too, but it's Houston, baby. So you're UCF's picking the Knights. a better team. UCF's a better team. Yeah, I don't really like this pick either. <laughs> and fuck him for making me try to pick this game. Uh, so, who are you taking for real, though? Because I guess you're taking Memphis. I'm taking Memphis. Mem- Memphis is going to win this game. <laughs> if Memphis wins against Temple, I'm giving you a point. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, number 25, Liberty at UTEP. Liberty Biberty. Liberty Biberty. Uh, Liberty snuck into the college football playoff top 25 at number 25. Simply because they're 11-0, the only good win they have on their schedule is against New Mexico State early in the season before New Mexico State figured out that playing football is a good idea in a football season, and then they started doing it really well after the fact. Did he Did he give any background into this pick? He did not, but I will say this was a game I had kind of penciled in as an interesting one as well. Now, UTEP has been a team we've talked about a couple of times already this year. They've really felt like they're underperforming all season long. But it could be a fun one at UTEP. And Liberty definitely feels overrated. I know that they've beaten up some teams that I thought were going to be good. Western Kentucky just isn't good this year. And Liberty dominated that game. I was surprised when that happened. Looking back, it makes a lot of sense. Western Kentucky's just not that good this year. Uh, we'll see. It's in El Paso. That's a very long trip for a team from Lynchburg, Virginia. Yeah. So maybe that plays a little bit of a factor as well. I don't know. Grasping some straws here. We're all picking Liberty. I don't feel like this is going to be some big blowout win, though. I hope he's just staring down the barrel of two bad games because that's what I feel like is going to happen. That would be fun, and I hope Memphis wins for you. (laughs) (laughs) So do have a couple of draft prospects want to watch out for. I've been saving Ohio State prospects until the week of the game. This is going to be massive for Cade Stover, the tight end for the Ohio State University. Great picture of him hurdling Georgia in the semifinal last year. All of Georgia, the entire state, hurdles the entire state. Uh, Here's the thing about Cade Stover. You look at the stats, not necessarily the most impressive tight end stats you may have ever seen in your life. I know Georgia in particular, team I just mentioned, 
produces tight ends on the regular who put up like 10 million yards a season. It's not the way it works at Ohio State. If you followed the Buckeyes to any extent or at least heard about them uh, over the past couple of years, which let's be real, hard to avoid, what are they known for? They're known for first-round wide receivers. That is awesome when you have a guy who can sling it deep every every other play and just out-throw all the defense all the time. Kyle McCord's not necessarily that quarterback, at least not yet. I think he has arm strength to do that, but it hasn't exactly been a smooth transition. Early in the season, Kyle McCord getting his feet under him. Cade Stover was a favorite target. Like we talk about in the NFL, right? Rookie quarterbacks love that tight end safety valve. Kind of happened with Ohio State, too. And Cade Stover has put together one of the greatest seasons for a tight end in Ohio State history. Not the greatest. Because last season was pretty fucking good, too. Right. Uh, Not the greatest individual tight end season, but to get one better, we have to go back to 1980-ish. Maybe even 1966. Looking at Billy Anders, maybe. Better than Cade Stover. Uh Yeah, this is impressive. This is some shit that Ohio State just doesn't normally do. So to get a guy who can actually be a receiving threat out of the tight end position at Ohio State is something. 2019, he did appear in three games. I put redshirt here. He didn't record any stats at all. So maybe some special teams work. Uh, COVID year, no catches. I expect him to be gone, though, even with that extra COVID year of eligibility because of these past two seasons. 36 catches last year, 38 catches so far this year. Those two seasons alone put him third all-time in receptions in Ohio State history for a tight end. I mean, we have a, a few games to go for Ohio State, too, if we're projecting this out like uh, we expect Ohio State to win this weekend. We're looking at potentially four more games on this season for Kate Stover to keep adding to those stats. He is already third all-time in career yards for a tight end Ohio State. He is in the top five for touchdowns, and I could see him getting one or maybe even two in the game this weekend. He is a mismatch at 6'4", 250. When you have a 6'4", 250, guy who can really catch the ball that's uh that's pretty sweet <laughs> i do have the pff run block and pass block grades on the screen too if you're watching along with us i don't necessarily trust pff's blocking grades but it's at least you know it's something we can compare across tight ends when we're looking at the renowned blocking tight ends no this isn't that's not Cade Stover. When we're looking at receiving threats at the tight end position, though, a 70-ish pass block grade is actually really good. Uh, last year's 70 run block grade as well. Falling off this year, but that's 69%. Nice. 60, 69 grade pass block this season is, is pretty solid. So inline blocker. On occasion, 
get him to run a couple routes over the middle of the field, and he's legitimately scary and one of the best Ohio State's ever had. And then on the defensive side of the ball, I'm going with an edge rusher out of UCLA. I know all of the attention right now, as far as the draft is concerned, is on the other side of that defense, the other edge rusher, Leate Latu. Here's the thing. He might end up being a first-round pick, Latu. Gabriel Murphy, though, is having just as good of a season, in my opinion, statistically, uh, as Latu is. As flying under the radar, I, I guess just because he doesn't profile as well athletically as Latu, and he doesn't actually have, like, the turnovers that Latu has. He doesn't have as many sacks. But as far as pressures is concerned, Murphy is there alongside Latu basically every time. Both of these guys, either side of the line, meet at the quarterback. Hell of a concept. Uh, 50 <laughs> pressures this year so far. So that is quarterback hurries, hits, sacks, all combined. 50 pressures is a lot. <laughs> and he's done that a couple of years now. So he was a North Texas transfer with his brother, Grayson Murphy. Both of them kind of rotate. Grayson Murphy's more of a rotational guy. Gabriel Murphy gets the starting spot. But they both went to UCLA 2022. And uh, yeah, it was a it was a drop-off getting used to that power five competition. Still, though, 43 pressures is way more important to me than that one and a half sacks. Mm -hmm. To get a sack, you have to be a little bit lucky sometimes. To get a pressure means you beat the offensive lineman. I much more care about you can consistently beat the offensive lineman off the ball. So he's doing that very well. I want to see what he can do against Cal. I don't trust that Cal offensive line. So <laughs> it should be a fun one. Who uh, who does trust the Cal offensive line? It's <clears throat> a great question. I don't, I don't I think, think Cal's the Cal offensive line. <laughs> right. I was I was going that way, and I, I don't know that anybody there trusts their offensive line either. Yeah. You're probably right. <laughs> oh man. Wow, what a great podcast. What a great podcast, dude. So good. It has been man, it feels like we've been going we've been going towards this all year. Obviously, it's the end of the season, right? But rivalry weekend finally being here. It's just it's it's great. I love it. I love college football. You know how much I love college football. I've given up my entire fall season to exclusively doing nothing but college football. Going so. to college football, yeah. <laughs> so listen, we've got some links. If you would love to support us, if you love us that much, you'll want to support us financially, help make the show better, <clears throat> maybe get some better some guests on here every now and then, right? Head on over to patreon.com backslash BDT football. You can make donations there. You can also subscribe or donate bits at twitch.tv backslash big dudes in the trenches. That's where we are live right now on Monday and normally Thursday, but we moved it to Wednesday for the holiday. Uh, or you could catch us live on YouTube and you can catch the video, the uh, podcast later on YouTube as well. Just search big dudes in the trenches there. It'll pull us up. We're the one and only. You'll know it when you see hey. it. 
if you want to talk to us or keep up with us at uh with what we're thinking about what we're talking about you can head on over to x.com at bdt football there or you can join our discord discord.gg backslash 9gx3ptg36e check out the links in the uh, description below if you uh didn't catch all that i wish tug would do that that's so much fun right it's my favorite part of the show. <laughs> we also have a Facebook, <laughs> facebook.com backslash BDT football, Instagram.com backslash BDT underscore football, BDT football.com mailbox at BDT football.com. If you want to send in your questions ahead of time to us, man, I, I went through all the links. That's crazy. Crazy that talk. Insane. Never heard hey. of such a thing. And hey, uh, I've not done a great job of bringing it up on this show, but I am growing my mustache back out for Movember. I've raised over $300, which was my goal. Let's not stop there. Let's keep going. I've dropped the link down in the comments live on YouTube and Twitch just now. Or if you're listening, you can find that link in the description uh, below. Doug, any final parting shots? I actually have a joke for you. Ooh, I like this. <laughs> what does garlic do when it gets too hot? I don't know. Takes its cloves off. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <coughs> Where should you never take a dog shopping? Uh, I don't know. The flea market. That, yeah. That'd be, that'd be a bad idea. <laughs> so we're doing Tug's thing? No. Fuck no. <laughs> Peace out, Girl Scout. Happy Thanksgiving. We will see y'all. <laughs>